2: Hey, it's Doug
3: Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com. That's way tire buying should be. What a crazy last 3 days we've had, right? Friday, if you remember, we didn't know about some of these NFL games when they'd be played. Yankees got eliminated from the playoffs. Uh the Lakers lost to the Heat and what was an unbel that was an unbelievable basketball game. Like look, what, obviously what happens after game 6 you're like, "Oh yeah, the Heat aren't that good." And I I don't think the Heat are nearly at the level of the Lakers. But Game 5 was was just great sports, right? Like, fighting for their lives, dudes jumping up, knocking down shots, playing above their level. That was fun. And then Saturday, we had the Red River Rivalry, which was uh, a four-overtime game on Fox. Amazing. Oklahoma ends up winning. And what felt like a, a third time, they'd, they, they'd beaten Texas in the same day. We had that uh, crazy Missouri-LSU game that was moved because of the hurricane. Clemson flexed their muscles and dominated... Uh, Miami. Then yesterday we had Dak get hurt. The Lakers win a championship and all the other stuff. Alex Smith getting on the football field. That was pretty amazing. So, uh, but I think historically the Lakers winning a championship is the biggest thing of the weekend. LeBron wins his fourth NBA title with his third franchise. Let's, Let's just start with the whole I hate the You know, no one's done this in his 17th year. Okay, that's because guys didn't come straight out of high school. And Michael Jordan retired for a year and a half and came back. At the same age, he was the best player on the NBA championship team, won on the road in Utah against two future Hall of Famers, the second leading scorer in the history of the sport, and the all-time assist leader in the history of sport. Like, that's pretty good. It doesn't take, let's just contextualize it the right way. The Lakers, without their point guard, Avery Bradley marched through the playoffs and lost one game up until the finals. They only lost two. They didn't play against the best teams in the league in terms of record or prestige, but they did beat the tar out of anybody who was in their way. And they did it mostly with defense and with LeBron and Anthony Davis as the offense. With that, we welcome in Rick Bucher from Bleacher Report and Fox Sports 20 joins in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, How would you, How would you contextualize LeBron James' fourth championship?
5: I thought it was impressive in that when I look at a guy who's 35 and almost 36 and was taking a bunch of disparate parts that pretty much the entire NBA universe thought was going to be the fourth or potentially fifth seed in the Western Conference, ended up having the number one record overcoming a three-month shutdown going into the bubble and uh and coming out on top i uh i, I, I it's not as impressive i would say probably as going back to cleveland and, and winning a championship but uh, it was a unique unique accomplishment in which lebron drew on all of his assets and his and his strengths and it's interesting uh doug we, we just had a conversation on Speak for Yourself about the subject, sort of looking at what was the most impressive aspect of LeBron's uh, w- winning this title. And, and it, was a, it was a healthy, pleasant conversation. There wasn't a whole lot of debate or back and forth. And, but it was, it was within the context of what he did under the circumstances. And when I look at what he did under the circumstances – I uh I'm happy to to talk about all of the the things that he did that were impressive. It's as you noted when we start crossing eras and we try to inflate it with you know what it means compared to what somebody else did at at some other time that's yeah, silly. That's where I think that's that's where I think we get we get sideways. In in the same way that you know, we we look at playing in the bubble and we came into it thinking that it was like the most arduous, challenging, difficult thing that anybody has ever faced in the history of the NBA. And then you kind of get into it and you realize, hey, you know what, it, it had its pluses and minuses, but, you know, there, there were some things that, that were benefits and you, you're you away from your family for a month. That's That's not fun to do, but. After that, you could bring them in, and you could do a lot of things inside the bubble that that people can't do on the outside and so i I just if, we, if I think if we look if we keep the microscope microscope uh, or the magnifying glass tight enough i think it's we can we can find uh common ground on Lebron was uh extremely impressive in getting this done right. but you want to you want to give it, you know, some added heft, that's where you start to lose me. Yeah.
3: I mean, I you know, it's funny. I was I was thinking about this. Wait, w- and we think, well, nobody could have done that in the bubble like, wait. So, uh they could play cards every night and they could play golf every day. Michael Jordan would've been great. He would've been fine. He would just he probably would have <laughs> tired of that golf course, but well, but he would he would have been fine. Yeah.
5: Well, and here's the thing. Like the guys that I know during the finals, they try to stay away from their fan like they, they tell the wife or the, you know, whoever's kind of in charge of the, the home front, look, you got to take care of everything because I got to get locked in. And sure, you love being, you know, having a little bit of time to uh, divert your attention from the, the, the job at hand. But there's also, you know, great value and, and guys do it all the time where it's like, Hey, this is my focus. I'm basically battening down the hatches and, Look they were it was a month that they had to go without family um as as one player told me you know the the greatest challenge in that um, but, you know aside from if you have young kids you you hate spending any time away from them, but that it was more like they were inside the bubble and they knew they were safe, but you're removed, and you're wondering what's going on with your family on the outside, and are they safe i i, I look, I totally get that, and I'm not suggesting that they had it easy in the bubble and there's a difference. It's just this idea that somehow they were under these extreme conditions because they were in the magic kingdom. I, you just, you, you got to miss me on that. Cause I, I, I know too many people that are struggling mightily yeah. and look at what life was like inside the bubble. And they're like, um, you know what? Sign me up for that.
3: Uh, Clippers, um, haven't hired a coach yet. Why?
6: Yeah.
5: You know, I I hate to I, I hate to say it, but I have not been keeping my eye on that ball. I I honestly I couldn't tell you other. I can't tell you. I am It's. Um. I no, wish I had an answer. It, for it's you. just it's
3: just interesting though. Like right, like you would think. All right, if you make that sort of move, you might want to have your eye on somebody. Yeah. And it does. It's interesting that Tai Lu is out there interviewed with them, interviewed with other teams, hasn't taken the job. Probably means he hasn't been offered the job. I mean yep. there, does 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 Jeff Van Gundy start coaching again?
5: Yeah, I look I, I have a hard time believing that we're gonna see Jeff or uh or Mark jump into one of those seats. Um it's an it's an intriguing question, but I, I one of the elements that's going on right now is the question of and this is where Doc Rivers, you know, once again he and his agent, uh, show their brilliance, yes. but people are kind of trying to figure out like, what, what, what do we have coming in and how much do we want to spend? And, and, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, in much the same way, uh, the Billy Donovan situation in Oklahoma city, I don't, word is they made an offer. Um, it wasn't, you know, a, a, an offer that, that knocked him over. And, but I, I, from everything that I'm hearing, that's part of the equation here is that, you know, outside of Doc getting, <laughs> I don't want to say bamboozled Philadelphia, but man, he struck while the iron was hot. And got it's got a five year, did, got a
3: five, five more years?
5: Yeah. And, and, and if anybody thinks that he, that wasn't set up before he said officially sayonara to the Clippers, doesn't know how the business works. Because yeah. I, 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 gar- I guarantee you the second that he that that, that was open. He was looking at that, saying, "I know my days are numbered here. Let me see if I can get another big piece of the cherry."
3: Um, yeah, uh, but some of that dialing back of the money, I'm hearing at the worldwide leader, it wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if Van Gundy.
5: Uh, and yeah. the same thing is happening there. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, that's. Um, this, I've, the, I've heard some of the same things.
3: Uh, this was LeBron after the game.
7: That means a lot to represent this franchise. I told Jeannie when I came here that uh, I was gonna put this franchise back in the position where it belongs. Her late great father did it for so many years, and she just you know, took it on after that. And for me to be a part of such a historical franchise is uh, it's an unbelievable feeling, not only for myself, but for my teammates, for the organization, for the coaches, for the trainers, everybody that's here. We just want our respect. Rob wants his respect. Coach Vogel wants his respect. Our organization wants their respect. Laker Nation wants their respect. And I want my damn respect
3: to um like <laughs> we we do this we do this thing, and I, it's not all lebron's fault, some of it's it's how it's All on social yep. media and on media. but yeah. has anybody actually ever disrespected lebron james
5: boy i yeah, I mean uh, disrespected him i I don't know if it's disrespected him, I would say it's not given him the respect that he obviously thinks that he deserves and What's curious about that is people would say the same thing about Kobe Bryant. There was a time where they would say that about Michael Jordan, but I don't remember any, I don't remember those guys ever acknowledging the doubters. And that's something that LeBron has in common with Kevin Durant in that they are, they, they acknowledge that people uh, don't, not everybody is in love with them. Not everybody thinks they're, the greatest ever and which is fine but the reality is everybody no matter what level of success they have they face that there's somebody who doesn't believe in them there's somebody who thinks they're overrated that's just that is life and the fact that lebron is still holding on to that that that's the thing about lebron like lebron will say on one hand i don't have anything left to prove right and on the other hand say Okay, now, are you going to give me my respect? So there, (laughs) quite clearly, you thought you still had something to prove to somebody. And I'm okay, whichever way you want to go, just pick a lane. Just be one or the other. Feel like I'm always doubted and I've always got to prove myself and I don't know if this is ever going to end. And just, you know, play that song. Go that direction. Or go, you know what, I'm my biggest critic I'm the one who has to prove something to myself. I don't really care what anybody else says. My standards are my are, are, are my bar. But but do one or the other. Don't keep jumping back and forth depending on what day it is.
3: Buke, great stuff as always, my man. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Tom. That's Rick Bucher, FS One Bleach Report covering the NBA. I think Mike McCarthy saved his job yesterday, and it wasn't because they won the football game. I'll explain next.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi. Checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming!
3: I heard this, this is Stephen Jones on 105.3 The Fan, clearly on a car phone and Bluetooth with what appears to be the windows open, right? Talking about Dak Prescott's future with the Cowboys.
7: Absolutely not. He's our future. Anyone can overcome anything and say, Dak, this is something that,
6: you know, our doctors feel good and they'll overcome and come back better than ever.
3: Uh, Okay. So what you may have heard there is that Dak Prescott is still going to be the Cowboys quarterback. And the Cowboys are smart and they like Dak Prescott, which they did. Like we do this really dumb thing in the media. And, and I think maybe it's because fans are suckers for it. Right. We, we try and make everything good or evil, black or white, left or right, whatever. Well, Jerry Jones wasn't sure about Dak Prescott. Yes, he was sure. You don't offer a quarterback a five-year guaranteed contract where you're going to make north of $120 million guaranteed, right? It's like $175 million overall if you're not sure. Understood? Good. If you're not sure. They were sure. They were also just sure that they have an entire team to pay. But here, here's a thought I have on what really took place yesterday on the field in Dallas. Dak Prescott goes down. Uh, remember, this is the Dallas Cowboys who lost their starting center to retirement before the year began. Tyron Smith, remember, went down. He's out for the season. Leo Collins out as well. You know what happened Sunday? It wasn't just that they won the game. I think they saved Mike McCarthy's job. Now, you might say to yourself, well, hey, golly, come on, were they really going to fire Mike McCarthy? And my answer is, yeah, maybe. I mean, it was bad. Like, look, it wasn't like they were dominating the Giants. They're beating the Giants. It looked like they were going to beat the Giants. Um, But the Giants are a bad football team. The Cowboys are now two and three, but but their schedule, as easy as it looks, like the Giants were supposed to be an easy game. (laughs) You know? Let's look at what they got. They got Arizona coming up. Who's better than they are? Then they go to Washington, they're better than Washington. Then to Philadelphia, they couldn't win last year in Philadelphia, had a bunch of rummies at wide receiver. Then Pittsburgh and Minnesota, Washington again, Baltimore, Cincinnati, San Francisco might be healthy by then. Like they don't have a hard schedule, but I'm telling you, Mike McCarthy, with all these injuries, it becomes really hard to go like, yeah, we're going to fire you after just one year. When you didn't have your quarterback, you didn't have either tackle and your center retired. Now, that doesn't mean that Mike Nolan lives to see year two as the defense coordinator of the Cowboys, but I do believe that Mike McCarthy sees year two, and yesterday's injury kind of cements it.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
3: Let's turn to Sean O'Hara, who joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Of course, he's a Super Bowl champion, a three-time Pro Bowler, works for the NFL Network, and uh, has those dazzling blue eyes, which is anytime he's on, I'm like, that's a good look. That's a handsome man. How are you today?
6: Hey, dog. I'm doing well, man. Everybody looks good on radio,
3: right? <laughs> but but <laughs> yes, I look great today on on radio. <laughs> let let let's Stunning. start. Let, let's let's start with with Cowboys and Giants. Um, are the cow are the Giants getting better, or were, was it just pointing out that the that the Cowboys are just not that good?
6: Yeah, we went from talking about handsome to ugliness pretty quick there. Um, you know, look, there, there there are things that are getting better. Um, you know, it's it, it feels like baby steps if you're a Giants fan. And it seems like every week they do get a little bit better in some areas, but they still find ways to, to lose games. And, and, you know, look, the Giants are still a young team, but, you know, what we saw against the Cowboys was a team that is not used to playing with a lead. You know, they had a lead in the second half for the first time all season. And, they don't know how to win yet. They learn. they're figuring out slowly how to. at time. on, um, but you know, look, there's, there's, there's some things to build on. Um, you know, certainly they had chance early in the second quarter before the sack force fumble that went the other way and things went upside down. And, you know, when you turn on the film and you had eight penalties for 81 yards and two penalties took two touchdowns off the field, you know, it's, you look at those two plays and you say, man, those two plays completely changed the outcome of the game. Um, you know, you build on that, but uh, no doubt it was, it was two two teams that have really struggled in, in a number of different areas. Um, and, you know, for Dallas, obviously they won the game, but uh, certainly a huge loss with that with going down the way he did.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, a huge, huge loss. I do think like McCarthy's been under some fire. He hired Nolan and the defense has just been a mess no matter what the offense does, it hasn't been able to save them from from the defense. It'd be really hard to fire your coach after one year when you don't have your quarterback, your two bookend tackles, your center retires. Like, I do think these are this is more explanations than excuses. Is that fair?
6: Well, I, I don't think anybody's looking to fire Mike McCarthy, and you know, and to your point, no, you don't fire anybody after one year because you, you you know you're you're signing up and knowing that there's a lot of of things that. You know have, have to be learned on on both sides you know players have to learn a new system and coaches have to learn what the players can do within their system so uh, Mike Nolan has a very complex system and he's you know he runs some hybrid you know three four four three schemes um, and he's asking some players to do some different things but you know there to me there's there's always two parts to a defense you know there's the the front the front seven the, the d line and the linebackers and then there's the secondary and the issue with Dallas has been their secondary is not on the same page. That communication um you know can be can be fixed you know once everybody realizes that um you know they they've got to be on the same page from a zone to a man concept but you know Dallas look they also they lost their their best corner in Byron Jones through free agency. They drafted Trayvon Diggs and people have been attacking him um and he, you know and he he's he got abused two weeks in a row. First it was DK Metcalf with Seattle running by him. Um, you know, he didn't know who he had in, in coverage down in the red zone three different times that led to touchdowns. So the Cleveland Browns went after him again with Odell Beckham. So he's had, he's got a couple of tough weeks. Um, but, you know, it seems like when the front for them is getting home when DeMarcus Lawrence finally shows up, gets his first sack of the season, Alden Smith has been phenomenal. That, that defense looks totally different. I'm,
3: I'm looking at the uh, AFC North and Pittsburgh is four. No. Now we haven't, we don't, know exactly how good they are in terms of the meat of their schedule, but they're 4-0. Baltimore with the exception of Kansas City, now they didn't play, throw the ball great yesterday, but dominant against Cincinnati. And Cleveland's at 4-1. Is Cleveland in your mind, I know Cleveland got dominated by Baltimore week one of the season, but teams evolve. it's a new coaching staff. Is Cleveland in the class of Baltimore and Pittsburgh for the life of the season?
6: Not yet. I'm not ready to put, to, to put them and, and Baker in that category yet. Um, they've definitely done some good things. Um, obviously losing Nick Chubb is, is a huge loss. Kareem Hunt has been a phenomenal pickup for them, and, and he's been extremely explosive. But they also lost Wyatt, Wyatt Teller, uh, their right guard. He went down with a calf injury. Uh, so, you know, they've still got some question marks. Um, I, don't, I don't put them in the same category as Pittsburgh right now. The Steelers are doing everything well right now. I mean, there really isn't anything that they're struggling with. Uh, Chase Claypool obviously just took over the game, so now you add him. You know, great. Ben, Ben's got another weapon now. So they could do it all. You know, Baltimore offensively, they're, they're absolutely a juggernaut when they're running the football and playing smash mouth and the game is not out of hand. But, you know, they've got, they showed some flaws. You know, we saw it against Kansas City with Lamar being held to 97 yards passing. So, um, you know, they've still got some things to iron out and, and they battled some injury bugs up front, uh, as well. And it was for them getting Ronnie Stanley back was big. Uh, but, Cleveland still, you know, I think it's a great start for them. You know, I think everybody, you know, I'm always worried about Cleveland because they haven't handled the pats on the back very well in the past. So, you know, until they start, you know, winning the games that they're supposed to, um, you know, they're, they're not sneaking up on anybody now anymore. Uh, but they've got to win a couple of those before I think they're in that conversation. What
3: are your thoughts on uh, Sean O'Hare joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio? You see him on the NFL Network, Super Bowl champion, a three-time Pro Bowler lineman during his days in the National Football League. What's your take on the Rams? You know They reconfigured their coaching staff. Goff struggled some last year. They look pretty good now, but it is hard sometimes. Level of competition last two weeks playing Giants and, and, and the Washington football team. What's your assessment of them five games in the season?
6: Well, it's interesting to see, you know, how much more explosive their offense was against Washington. And, you know, guys seem to be running free left and right. And then you go back two weeks ago against the Giants, they struggled. Um, I think, you know, to your point, everybody blames golf last year for him, you know, saying he struggled and uh, they had a deal. I throw all that out the window. Last year, they couldn't block anybody. That's why Todd Gurley looks pretty. That whole offense, the outside zone scheme, the play action, the bootlegs, the screen game, everything is based off of their run game. And their, their inability to block people up front last year is what haunted them. This year, they're knocking people off the ball. I mean, that first game against Dallas, they ran through the middle of that Dallas defense like it was, you know, a hot night through butter. And they have continued to play really well up front. Um, you know, I think that that's been the biggest difference with them and and that's the biggest key. When they're, when they're on track on first and second down, man, they are a tough offense to keep up with. So um, I think as long as they can stay healthy up front, um, you know, Henderson's been an explosive. Henderson looks like Todd Gurley, you know, when Todd Gurley was in his second and third year, the way that he's rolling, and Robert Woods is, you know, continues to be one of the most underrated receivers in the game, and they use him so many different ways, screens, jet sweeps, um, you know, just finding a way to get him open on quick little pass plays that he turns into the long runs after the catch uh so they're they're definitely a tough out and then defensively i mean aaron donald he had four sacks uh this past weekend i mean he's a one-man wrecking ball Um uh, it's it, it's it's pretty it's a tough task offensively when you're going up against that defense
3: what, what do you what do you do i mean like I t- give me a sense what would you do if you're having to block aaron donald
6: i'd cut him you know, he's not going to rush up field if he's worried about his knees. But, you know, look, a guy like Aaron Donald, you've got to, you know, I remember when we were game plan for a guy like Chris Jenkins when he was down in Carolina. And, you know, it's like, look, whatever side he's on, we're going to slide the offensive line that way. The back's going to go the other way. We're never going to ask somebody to be one-on-one with him in pass pro. But, you know, the, the one way to, to limit Aaron Donald is, you know, be effective on first down because – and now you have options on second and third down. I think you start off – to me, I would not let a series go by where I'm not running a trap. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull the, the backside guard and kick him out. I'm going to run the wham play. I want him looking left and right and not thinking he could just knife into our backfield. So I'm going to try to attack him from every angle. I'm going to screen him. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find ways to to, to to make sure he knows that he can't just run into our backfield without –
3: getting hit from all angles. That's an interesting, I mean, I, yeah, make, make him have his head on the swivel instead of just being able to kind of lock in on, on what he wants to do, which is damage he does on so many uh, offensive lines. Um, have you, one of the things that doesn't get discussed enough, and I know that Sean, you pay m- more attention, as much attention to the offensive line as anybody else. We talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers and his unbelievable start to the season, but their offense, like he's going through games where he's not touched. What has changed with their offensive line that's allowed them to be so effective?
6: Well, they're running the football really well. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, we were talking about Mike McCarthy before, and, you know, you look at Dallas was struggling to get wins, uh, you know, early in the season, and yet they were having all these all these points. You know, Dak Prescott's leading the league, breaking records every week, um, throwing the football for 400 yards a game, and, and yet they're not winning the football. And Zeke Elliott... You know, I, I don't. I don't think he has a hundred yard game yet this season. So, Mike McCarthy's offense down in Dallas, you see what what's going on there. And now you look at Matt Lafleur's offense and the impact it is having in year two. Yeah, the offensive line looks great. Well, because they're running the football more. They're it, running the football has created so much more play action pass for Aaron Rodgers. He's got more time in the pocket. It's not forty five passes that are straight dropbacks and six man protection. So, it's a totally different culture. Uh, offensively for them up there, they're more physical. The offensive line is able to tee off on people and come out of their stance and fire off. And that wears defenses down. So, um, you know, certainly give, give credit to the offensive line. They're playing, uh, you know, they're, they're playing really well. I think it helps that Aaron Jones has been, has been really physical. Um, he's been a, a, a great addition to that offense. Um, and, you know, it's good to see guys like David Bakhtiari get some, some love because he's quietly been one of the better left tackles in the league for a few years.
3: Yeah. I mean, they, they're doing an uh, outstanding job in running. The football has obviously opened all o- open up those windows for Aaron Rodgers to be well, Aaron Rodgers of, of five years ago. Great stuff as always. Sean, look to see you in person in the meantime, keep killing on the NFL network. All right. Thanks, Doug. appreciate it, man. All right. That's Sean O'Hara, NFL network, Super Bowl champion, three-time pro bowler, and just an awesome dude who, one thing I like, and you, you may notice about the people that we ha- have on, this is an absolutely no knock on other analysts. Like we just like to have on guys that are totally about their sport and what in Trent and Clat uh, and O'Hara. Like those are dudes who played and just study it instead of talking in hyperbole and in things about maybe they didn't see games. Uh, Sean O'Hare watches everything and watches from a different and unique perspective. Can we expect Dak Prescott to be back playing football? I'll tell you next, but first a word from Farmers.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR
0: to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for...
7: The Press. Dan Beyer, what do you got? Doug, uh, just a quick update from baseball. Yeah, Rays on top of the Astros, 3 nothing in the top of the fifth inning. Rays up one game to none in the American League Championship Series. I've been uh, fortunate enough to cover two World Series in my broadcasting career, Doug, and one of them was when the Rays and Phillies played in 2008 which was kind of crazy, if you remember. There was rain in Philadelphia, and they had to call Game 5, and they had to resume it a couple of days later, uh, where they like started in the sixth inning. But, hey, if the Rays make it to the World Series, their two appearances would be that crazy situation, and one at a neutral park. So,
3: Well, people have been social distancing at uh, the Trop for a long time. So. Oh, there. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay? This is a, I remember Tampa getting to the World Series. I remember nothing about it because – when tampa was in the world series everybody's like yeah i'm not paying attention to that it it
7: was i i just i remember i was stranded in well not stranded but in philadelphia just we didn't know what the travel plans were because you had a game five and they had to call a game five because it was raining so bad and they resumed the game two nights later in the sixth inning so it was really it was really odd it was Really crazy. Anyway, I've got an update on Dak Prescott for you. Head coach Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys says that his quarterback has been released from the hospital following that surgery last night to repair that compound fracture and dislocated ankle in his right leg. He is in good spirits and resting at home.
3: I got to work on my Mike McCarthy, but there's a way in which he talks. Quarterback got released from the hospital. I I can't do his voice, but there's a way in which his quarterback got released from the hospital, Rehab. It's going to be okay. Like, I don't know. There's a way in which he talks, which is, it's an interesting kind of pattern of voice. <laughs> Can I just say this? Yeah. I, to anyone, I, I saw Stephen A. I just tweeted, but like the idea that Jerry Jones is somehow the bad guy in this is the dumbest take ever. Here's the way it works in football. Hey, okay? the leverage is, Hey, I could not play. Okay. If you don't play, there's the Le'Veon Bell. And if you don't play, you don't collect any money. None. Now the franchise tag pays you. He made like $33 million this year for one year. So you can play on that or you can sign the long-term deal. And the reason guys want a long-term deal is because of injuries like the one he sustained. And the reason the teams don't want a super long-term deal is the, the injury that he sustained, right? Like there's a reason and a logic behind all of this stuff. None of it comes from anything other than this is how business is done. You got to kind of figure it out. Remember, if you save money on a contract for the salary cap, it's not like it goes in the pocket of the owner. I, I have several GMs that tell me this all the time. Like, our fans do understand that when we save money on one contract, we spend it somewhere else. Like, you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul.
7: Go ahead. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer uh, saying again today when asked about the fourth and one call in Seattle last night, quote, in that situation, I'm always going for the win. I don't care. We've done that many times and we'll continue to do it. That's a lot. No, that's what he said. We're go for the win. You're allowed to win by
3: going up eight points instead of staying up five. Like there's other ways to win a football game. We will do something stupid. Even if it we we think it's stupid because we're trying to win the game, like okay, you could have done something smart, kick the field goal, been up eight. Even if you do give up a touch, you can. And by the way, when you're up eight, you can actually get a stop. You don't have to just try and get a stop when you're up five.
7: Anyway, yeah, two fourth down conversions for the Seahawks on that drive as well. The, uh, it, the Falcons name Raheem Morris as the team's interim head coach following the firing of Dan Quinn last night. Arthur Blank, meeting with the media today, was asked if Morris has uh, the opportunity to maybe keep the job full time, and Arthur Blank, and I'm paraphrasing, said, yeah. "Well, yeah, if he goes 11 and 0, that's a no." no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that no. was
3: not like I think Arthur Blank and the ones like. All you got to say is like, absolutely, like, we'll take a look at everybody. Sure. Yeah. Let me also say this like, there's a lot of people coming out. I see, you see, Houston hired a search firm and Atlanta's going to hire a search firm. Like, I hope you understand that when you're trying to hire a GM um, and a coach, the search firms don't hire people for you. They just do all the background checks, check on contracts, and they give you a little order to it because that's not, you know, it's like a headhunter. They're trying to find out who's available, talk to the agents, talk to a bunch of people. They do some of the legwork for you, so you can just sit down and decide who you like and who you don't like.
7: By the way, I even said on the Sunday show, I think that if you're the Falcons, and I think Arthur Blank is looking at this, you got to clear the whole thing. And I know you mentioned Matt Ryan's contract earlier. There's another year that he'd have to be under contract, but you can get out of it after 2021. When you have two of the top quarterbacks uh, from the, entering the draft that are from the Atlanta area, in yeah. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, um, that would be a good place to start if yeah. you were the Falcons. It,
3: so. it would, but there's 51 million dollars in dead cap money. So I just, yes, yeah, absolutely, I billion
5: dollars. D- I don't.
3: I just don't know what happens if you trade him.
7: Yeah, I, I, I just. It's not like he needs to be there three more years. No, right. I, I, I agree there. So. I agree there. Right. So I
3: know you- yeah by the way this one's gonna hurt Julio
7: Jones three on the wrong side of the hill yes absolutely and you brought in Todd Gurley how many years does he have left so yeah a lot of a lot of one. issues in Atlanta um, maybe one year none a- of this ad- is the defense which has been an abject disaster buddy. yeah Adam Silver giving NBA employees four Fridays off plus Thanksgiving week off and a one thousand dollar bonus for their work in the NBA bubble how about that Cool, except they weren't going to be doing anything on Thanksgiving week and, and Christmas week anyway. <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> I'm going to give you a day off that you're already going to have off. But there you go. And here's $1,000, even though you were furloughed
7: and you get paid all summer. Oh, wow. By the way, Doug, John Ramos, uh, you've got Sunday off this weekend. So congratulations. Thanks, Dan. Uh, music, you take Saturday and Sunday off. Oh. <laughs>
3: unless Doug, you, unless you record you so with uh, a Grammy award-winning artist like we did with Lil Wayne. Okay. Then you need to work. That's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Yeah, if you missed my interview with little little Wayne, uh, you can download uh the All Ball Podcast and the Herd Podcast Network. Chargers are seven point dogs. Ramos, who do you like? I like the Chargers. Really? What about you there, Buyer? I'll go the Saints. Yeah, what about you, music? Doug, show me your lightning bolt. Show me your lightning bolt. I'm gonna go Chargers. I just to keep it close. I don't think they win. We shall see.
1: WORK.